Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone. Corey here, welcoming you to our first LGBT Wellness Roundup of 2020. We're going to jump right into news from around the world, Um, but before I do, a quick reminder that you can find the links to all of the articles that we're about to discuss over at blog.lgbthealthlink.org, where we have a written uh, edition of each week's roundup. So anyway, our first story of the week and of the year, Apps Up Health in New York. NBC News reported on how a health clinic in Brooklyn is using LGBT apps like Grindr not only to advertise their sexual health services, which has become pretty common, but to actually engage in dialogue and education through chats. So you can hit them up and ask about um, sexual health, um, just like you could chat with any other user on the service. The outreach has focused mainly on gay men and transgender women of color because they face disproportionate rates of HIV, and they also face um, barriers and stigma in accessing health services. So for someone who may not feel comfortable or may feel discriminated against going into whatever health clinic and asking um, for sexual health care, this is a great option to get information, you know, in a private way um, that's comfortable and convenient. There has been a lot of of attention lately about the role of social media in HIV prevention. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that Facebook had been in the news um, for running some uh, ads that health advocates were saying um, were misleading people into thinking that PrEP was dangerous. Um, That uh, story recently came back with Facebook deciding to remove some of those ads. So just a good reminder that social media can cut both ways and it can have some challenges for sexual health, but also present some really innovative opportunities. In our next story, Pakistan issues trans health IDs. ABC News reported that Pakistan will begin offering transgender as a gender marker for their national health ID cards, a move that they say is designed to help ensure that trans people can access health care. The move comes as transgender Pakistanis have reported being denied care when providers don't know how to classify their gender in their systems or into which gender-segregated ward they should be admitted. So the officials say that this is in line with the countries um, having recently uh, allowed for a transgender gender marker on other forms of IDs, and they're saying that they're going to make changes to the healthcare system in addition to just changing the IDs to make sure that trans people have access. Next up, Minnesota makes Medicaid more inclusive. Vice opined that more states should make moves to ensure that their Medicaid programs are inclusive of gender-affirming care for children. Minnesota recently made this move, and they join a minority of states who explicitly allow for such services to be covered. In some states, it's explicitly banned. In other states, it's left ambiguous in the Medicaid plan. Um, Vice says that services like puberty blockers and hormone therapy can be life-saving for trans youth who are facing discrimination and are really seeking to have their identities affirmed. And they say that, um, you know, this this kind of care um, should be provided for in every state. Our next article takes us to Germany, which is banning conversion therapy for youth. Gay Nation reported that Germany will kick off 2020 by banning so-called conversion therapy for minors, while also cracking down on advertising the service and disclosing risks for adults as well. 
Um, this is important and interesting because, you know, there's a lot of states in the U.S. that are, are banning this for minors, but it's also harmful for adults. Um, so it's interesting to see Germany taking additional moves, um, you know, to try to block advertising and to make sure that before an adult undergoes, um, you know, quote unquote treatment like this, that they're being told the risks of doing so. Germany joins just a few countries in banning uh, the discredited and harmful practice nationwide. Um, a number of U.S. states have done so in jurisdictions elsewhere outside of the U.S., but not a lot of countries have banned it nationwide so far. In our next story, LGBT health services grow in L.A., the Pride reported that Los Angeles LGBT Center, which is already one of the biggest LGBT health centers in the country, is expanding with a new branch in South LA, which is set to open this week. The new center will focus on serving young LGBT people of color. It's going to offer free or low-cost services like HIV testing and PrEP access, but also things like mental health care, help with housing, um, a safe drop-in space, uh, internet access and computers, all kinds of things that people need to really achieve wellness. That's really great to see. There was an article that we covered a few weeks ago um, about a pop-up um, LGBT center happening throughout Austin, trying to reach as many neighborhoods as possible because people really want something local. So it's cool to see um, the LA Center expanding and opening a branch in a new part of the city. And in case you didn't already know, um, CenterLink, which is the parent of LGBT HealthLink, has a really cool interactive directory where you can find LGBT centers in your area. So um, just go to lgbtcenters.org if you're interested in checking that out and seeing what's around you. And in our final story of the week, Shigella and HIV in Georgia. The CDC published a study looking at cases of Shigella in Georgia. Shigella, in case you didn't know, I certainly didn't before I read this article, um, is bacteria that can cause diarrhea. Um, it's one of the leading causes of that, but um, not much is known about it. So the CDC did a study, um, and they found that men living with HIV um, of whom the majority in Georgia are sexual minority men of color, were at significantly higher risk for infection, um, which does make sense because they knew that um, men having sex with men, that was one of the main risk factors um, for uh, having Shigella. Um, they say that providers um, of health services should be aware of this correlation because if they have a patient who is living with HIV, they should know to look out for Shigella. And in contrast, if they have a patient with Shigella, that, you know, that may be a sign that they should um, test for HIV if the client or patient seems to be at risk for that. So definitely an interesting study and one that highlights, you know, some of these intersections um, with health and HIV and sexual identity that we don't always think about. Well, thanks for tuning in for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup and for listening to me try to say the word Shigella as uh, confidently as I can. Um, I hope that you'll tune back in uh, next week for another edition. And as always, if you do want to follow up on any of the articles that we've discussed, go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you can find a written version of today's roundup. Thanks and talk to you next week.